0: I was a sheep until this stroke. After the stroke, honestly, my eyes opened. And I'm like, man, I should just do my own thing. And I jumped into entrepreneurship. I never looked back, but they never know. They keep going through life like a sheep, like a zombie. It's
1: because it's easy to do that. You're right. Easy to be told what to do. It's comfortable.
0: Comfort never brings success.
1: Comfortable but miserable at the same time in the back of your mind. A well-fed slave is a well-fed slave. You always vie, like a gladiator, you always vie for your freedom, even if it's going to be a little bit choppy. Ah, baby
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of stroke of success podcast I'm your host KB and today's guest is someone special this gentleman with me today I've been following him for about two to three years I' um, I've been after him for a few a few years as well, but you know, of course everyone has their time and in process. Um he finally said yes to me, which I appreciated very much. Let me give you a little background. This gentleman here has started founder of PC laptops. PC laptops, um, exetics. How do I pronounce that? Zidex. I got it. See it again? Zydex. Zydex, that's an amazing name. And the Ugly Unicorn Crypto Hedge Fund. Interesting. He's a multiple year I, 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 Inc. 500 winner and being AMD Kami Advisor Counsel. And you serve on the Intel Board of Advisors for 16 years. Yes. Dan, you look young, so I don't know when you get started. So with that being said, welcome Dan Young to my podcast. Thank you. Dan, let's get started, my friend. Uh, that's an like amazing uh, resume. You look like you're in your 30s, my friend, but I know you're oh, not. Thanks. I've seen your kids. Your kids are growing up. I think your daughter's married, correct?
1: Uh, son's married.
0: That's no, son's married. I remember that on social media. Look, I, I follow you, man. I researched you too. Um you. Let's get started, Dan. Where were you born and raised?
1: I was born in Los Angeles, uh, California, to uh, immigrant parents who escaped World War II in China when they were being invaded. And, uh, Luckily, they landed in Los Angeles and uh, had me, and (laughs) we had a good time. Yeah.
0: Okay. How was how was LA born being born and raised back then? Because compared to now, it's very different. How was it for you?
1: You know, uh, people are people, man. So um, everything is cyclical. You know, you have uh, LA's always been kind of a melting pot of uh, people. You know, very diverse. but a great opportunity there. A lot of poverty there, a lot of wealth there, a lot of in-between. So uh, I think it's great growing up um, sometimes in a big city. you got It's got its own share of problems, you know?
0: Sure. There's a huge Asian community there. There's a huge Indian community there. I'm from Pakistan, so I have a lot of Pakistani friends there. Uh, my, my my parents are from Pakistan, born in New York. but So I'm also born in a big uh, city as well. And that's one thing I love. You have Russians. You have all this Mexicans. There's a huge uh, group of people from outside of America. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. So your parents were they when they got here? Were they entrepreneurs? Were they working corporate job? rich, poor, middle class?
1: Dirt poor. Uh, okay. My dad was a janitor for General Motors and had a part time gig with the U.S. Army doing art. Okay. okay. And then my mom was a bank teller. So uh, pretty humble means. You know, we didn't. Really have a whole bunch when we were young, but uh it was a happy childhood okay. for the most part. You know,
0: <laughs> so you a lower middle class, I'm assuming. Yeah,
1: yeah. that to poor sometimes it okay. depends on you know <laughs> what was happening. You know,
0: yeah. So, question: How were you in school? I mean, from from what I can take, you were very probably really good with like math and science.
1: You know, when I was younger, I was good with school. Um, to probably junior high, and then uh, I got interested in you know girls and hanging out with know, my friends and just doing ridiculous stuff, you know. So yeah, uh, then my my grades went to like D's and F's, you know. <laughs> yeah. So
0: being from an Asian background, isn't there a pressure to become a doctor, a lawyer, and an accountant—the typical three?
1: Yeah, like my sister has a master's degree, my brother has a master's degree, all my cousins. Have master's degree four zero went to USC UCLA Irvine and they're all geniuses. Um, yeah. I didn't really inherit that, um, but I I did inherit a, an ability from my mother to just hang out with people and find out what their problems are and listen and you know and and, and try to be a little more charismatic. You know.
0: So you were good at sales. You think communication
1: sales, communication, influence, you know, leadership, that kind of thing. Um, When it came to the, you know, nuts and bolts of, of academics, um, computers, obviously I was really good at, but everything else that I didn't have an interest in, like political science and American history and all that, I didn't really care. I still don't really care about that.
0: Did you go to college?
1: Um, yeah, I went to the university of Utah for a little bit of community college for a little bit, uh, met my wife there. And then, um, after we hit the Inc 500 in 2002, we were the 286 fastest growing company, privately held company in America. Um, I did a program at Stanford and got a Stanford uh, graduate degree, which was crazy, but that wasn't from academic skill, you know, okay. it was from entrepreneurial skill.
0: So what, so you went to school, college. Okay. What did you? When did you find out that you have this entrepreneurial spirit inside of you?
1: It was back actually in high school because I worked at uh, Venice Beach. I set together a, uh, a sunglass stand. And so, you know, we like to party and hang out with girls and friends and stuff. And so I asked these girls if they would put on roller skates and bikinis and roll up to couples and go, hey, do you need some sunglasses? Because it's yeah. right at the beach. Right. And we would yeah. buy them for like $2. And we would sell them for ten dollars, or if you bought two pairs for fifteen, and we would make a thousand something dollars a day. Wow. Um, so you know, we just bought like wine coolers and food and all that kind of stuff. And and there was no shortage of employees because they would work for for uh, wine coolers and uh, hot dogs and things yeah.
0: so this what you're 18, 19? This when I was uh, fifteen. Fifteen. So you got into it pretty early. $1,000 a day after cost, everything, probably pocket $800, 700 probably.
1: Back then, you just pocket it all, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after your cost of goods. Um, uh, wow. But, uh, it was it was really fun, though. I mean, it's something I enjoyed. I got the beach, got the sun, got the drinks, got the girls. It was just, it was, you know, got a car, That's bought awesome. a Camaro, bought a BMW M3. Really happy.
0: Wow, back then.
1: Yeah, it was great. Didn't even have driver's license. How'd you do that, man? I had my, some relatives by and some friends and they would hold the title and I just drive it. That's insane. Oh,
0: that's so you're a bit of a rebel, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not a, a non-conformist though. I think our education now system teaches control and conformity and, you know, and that's why in America now you see so many people getting stuck in the system. And with inflation and all those kind of things, man, if you're stuck in the system, you're going to be impoverished. And, and I don't like to see that. I like to see people really be the best they can be.
0: That's true. I agree with you. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting enough. I was born and raised in this country. I went to got my MBA, MBA undergrad, poli-sci, <laughs> MBA in marketing. And then I had my stroke in 2017. And that was my eye-opener. I was in a coma for one week and didn't almost make it. When I woke up went back to my company called Zool, they made the mini PCs, the company let me go, it was the best thing. At that time it was the worst thing, but it was the best thing and I, my eye opened. I became, I was a sheep. Like Your good friend, Sean Williams brand, Lion's Not Sheep, I was a sheep until this stroke. After the stroke, honestly, my eyes were open and I'm like, man, I should just do my own thing. And I jumped into entrepreneurship and never looked back. But I, you know what, I had to have a stroke. A lot of people, you know, and I unfortunately, do. I hope they don't get strokes or have you know major setbacks. But they never know they keep going through life like a sheep like a zombie yeah. right
1: <laughs> It's because it's easy to do that you're right easy you're to right. be told what to do you know
0: it's comfortable right it's very comfortable right and then danny you know that and i know that comfort never never brings success the-
1: comfortable but miserable at the same time in the back of your mind again yeah. a well-fed slave is a well-fed slave you know um yeah. and you always vie like a gladiator. You always vie for your freedom, even if it's going to be a little bit choppy, you know?
0: That's a way, good way to put it. But you know, and I both know that entrepreneurship is very choppy. So let's talk about your journey, man. Yeah. You, you like cars, which I'm going to get to that. I love your, your car collection uh, and your taste in cars, but what was the next move after that? After college, you got a corporate job or you started doing your own thing?
1: Well, what happened is, is uh, when I was in LA, I started hanging out with those friends and we started getting pretty rowdy, you know, with all our money and stuff like that. So I got in huge trouble. I went to uh juvenile hall. It's like for minors, it's like jail for minors for six months. Oh, um, it was pretty bad. So when I got out, uh, the judge said, Hey, you didn't do anything. You're just hanging around the wrong crowd. You know, I'm like, okay. So my sister, uh, was an academic advisor at the university in Utah. So I moved in with her. She let me live there for a month. And, um, and then I just got to work, man. I started doing telemarketing. I was selling carpet cleaning. Uh, I was part-time, like working at a car lot. I was trying everything to try to figure it out, you know? And so the big catalyst came is when uh, I worked in a in a radio shack in the mall, radio shack. And I met this old man and he wanted me to fix his ham radio. And I fixed it. And he said, dude, I appreciate that, kid. Uh, can I take you to lunch, man? Maybe I can give you some advice on how to make more money. And I'm like, I'd love to make more money. I was making like 17000 a year. It was terrible, right? So we went to lunch and I said, What do you what, what do you do, man? And he goes, Well, I sold my tech company for 2.8 billion dollars. And now I just play with my radio and play video games. Okay, walk around the mall for exercise. And so he mentored me, and within three years, I made my first million dollars. So it was it was crazy. And he's still my friend today.
0: So he's um, I'm sure he's much older, older than you are, right? I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, very old
0: wow dan what year was this, this that you met him uh
1: 19 what 90 91 91 1991 right there yeah i'm
0: 52 now oh wow god bless you, you look great man 50, i would not, not i never guessed that but then the radio shack do you i mean by the way do you believe in law of attraction dan
1: Yeah, I believe in those things, you know, manifestation, law of attraction, those kind of things. Um, But the one thing he told me is you can manifest all you want and take God's gift that he gave you. But if you don't execute, you're not going anywhere.
0: 100%. God isn't
1: going to be like, here, here's a bag of $10 million, man. Enjoy. Uh, Because you put the opportunity, but it's already all around you, whether you're working in the mall or selling T-shirts, you know. (laughs) The opportunity is there. It's just, again, you can't get confined you know and great religious leaders i'm not super religious but great religious leaders through all time were rebels like people wanted to kill them you know because they point. thought they were crazy and they just didn't want to be they wanted to set their own tone you know of what they saw
0: which sure. is cool that's true so my belief in law of attraction did the, this book that came out with years ago secret that you know if you visualize it you affirm it it will come but they missed a big component and to your point, you to take action. You do all everything else, the vision board and all these exercises, you do them, but you must take action. And something you said right now and touch on super, super crucial, it's always around us. Um, the RAS, I think it's called system, Activating System, and it's system in mind, in, in the, the 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 philosophy behind that, it's like the answer is in front of you, but you have to train your mind to look for it. Um, so... This Radio Shack thing. Did you ever in your mind say, "I want to be a millionaire. I want to make this much money," and and like you manifested? Or what? Or was just like a coincidence for you, like you meeting him?
1: Um, it started because when we were poor, I remember my mom and dad had a lot of bills and a lot of debt. And when I was little, I was like five years old, and my mom and dad used to pray for hours over these bills, and she would be she'd she'd be crying over these bills. And I said to myself, this is never gonna happen, you know? So I remember when I started selling those t-shirts back then, I handed her four grand in cash. I go, mom, hey, get whatever you need. And she was like, did you steal this? And I'm like, no, I was selling sunglasses. Um, She's like, this is gonna make a huge difference. And so I remember she filled the fridge, she went to the grocery store, filled the fridge with really good food and just cooked all this Chinese food and stuff. Um, And so I would help her since then. And even when in their older age, they were never really good with money. I moved. I remember the proudest moment I had is when they retired bankrupt, they had nothing. And they were going to go on government assistance. And then I said, mom, Hey, I'm going to fly you out with dad here to park city, Utah. And I handed them the keys to, and the title to a BMW X five. Cause my dad always had a picture on the wall of the X five. He was, and then, uh, they bought them a house in Park City, and they lived there for like 20 years in their retirement. So uh it made me feel good because they never cried again about money. They had everything they needed. so it was, uh, And they story. got to spend so much time with them. It's great.
0: That's a sweet story, man. Wow. Dan, you have brothers and sisters?
1: Brother, sister.
0: Yes. And what, I mean, they're, they're, they're good in life?
1: My brother is a genius. His IQ is double than mine, but he doesn't like to take risk, you know? Um, and uh, my sister, though, a super entrepreneur. They, she opened a big medical clinic and she, could, she sold it like five years ago. And now her and her husband just travel the world. And I think she's much more wealthy than I am, actually, because oh, yeah, the, yeah. the clinic was crazy. And then um, my brother, we had a little bit of tension because he always thought, mom always spoiled you because I was the youngest one. And so when we got some inheritance money, um, my sister and I said, hey, let's just give that to, to my brother. And so we gave him the whole inheritance. and He was freaking out. He goes, you guys have these strings attached? I'm like, no, you can have money. We don't need money. And he was like, uh, wow. And so that broke down the bond because he always thought, oh, Dan's all about money. Audrey's all about money. My sister, you know, but then he realized, "Wait, well, they're actually nice people. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: that's so sweet, man. That's great uh, that's, that's, that's big of you guys to do that. But, you know, it's like a Bundy's mindset, right? You have enough. You're good, man. You're more than enough. You're good. and Plenty, yeah. Plenty. All okay. right. So you moved to Utah. Three years, you made a lot of money. What was the next step after that? What happened? What's the journey?
1: Well, then I just wanted to be better, you know? So I continued to scale the companies. I started PC laptops, Zydex, and then... Um, I was still on this quest to help people with their problems. And so that's why I joined the Intel board and you know, all these different things. And all these executives, they seem untouchable because they're working for you know trillion-dollar companies, but they have problems. And my job is to solve those problems. And so we solved a lot of those problems. And that's how we started getting big accounts like Google, Amazon, because in Silicon Valley, they poach from you know, so all these younger people I met back in the 90s now became executive vice presidents, CEOs of these big, you know, tech companies. And they don't forget that someone who helped them when they were younger, you know, I was younger, um, taught them how to invest and things like that. So that was big. And then finally, it comes to one of my biggest projects today is um, the ugly unicorn. It's a crypto hedge fund. In 2014, we sell computers. So I was sitting on millions of dollars in inventory. And The professor from the university, one of my friends, he's like, hey, I want to buy 50 computers for my students. You know, we have the money, I'm okay. What are you doing? He's like, we're going to explore this thing called blockchain, we're going to mine Bitcoin. And he goes, you should do it too, since you got free, you got inventory, you know? So we built the biggest, I built the biggest Bitcoin mining facility in Utah in 14, 2014. Um, And then it was kind of crazy, 2017, my wife told me we should take some of these profits because we made more doing that than selling computers, you know. And so I sold seventy five percent of my Bitcoin because it was about nineteen thousand, but we were in at one hundred and twenty dollars of Bitcoin, so it was like crazy. And um, that's where my old mentors they taught me to, told me to buy commercial real estate, so I bought a bunch of buildings and stuff.
0: So, mm. uh, so yeah, you regret selling Bitcoin at that time? Hmm. You regret selling Bitcoin? It went higher than that eventually, right?
1: No, I don't, because Bitcoin's like what, like thirty G's now, right? Thirty-four, G, actually thirty-four today. Yeah, but um, real estate bought in two thousand seventeen has went up a lot more than Bitcoin has. Insane. And it doesn't. It's not as volatile. It's very boring, you know. But it's cash flow, so it saved my butt a lot of times. Um, but this hedge fund is crazy because I met um, this guy from one of my other mentors. His name is john pennington and he has a hedge fund that does real estate so wow. this his fund is over 48 billion dollars today and and he retired and he said to me i said to him were you 50 50 partner with me on a project he goes no dude i'm just retired but my son knows how to do hedge funds and i've taught him since he was little and you get me for free and you couldn't afford me so goes, just go 50 50 with my son and so the first like week we raised 10 million dollars and it's just, it's crazy. Uh, and then, and then now, you know, we are where we are today with the hedge fund. So it's super fun because I can help people from my experience, because a lot of guys in crypto, I've only done it for a few years, you know, and they're just like traders. We're not traders. Um, and so it's been pretty good. So that's been fun. So do like you don't, like you're retired,
0: somebody retired, right? Like,
1: mm, no, there's still handfuls of problems, you know? Like one of our company does 50 million something a year, but a lot of people think if you sell 50 million, you make 50 million. But if you have staffing and overhead, you can lose money some years, you know? So um, just like Tesla or Amazon, you know, sometimes you lose money, man. But uh, I'm looking at the long-term picture of building infrastructure and profitability. Um, Well, I don't think I'll retire as long as my brain works, you know?
0: Um, talk to me about the, your car, your car, exotic car journey. I mean, I this the one time you did this real Instagram, I loved it. I just saved it too. Yeah. If you're for your first exotic car. So your latest one, like gonna share some of the cars you got.
1: Yeah. So cars, I have pretty much, you know, everything, Lambos and Ferraris and all that stuff. And I, I cars really don't excite me now. Um, I mainly buy them for marketing purposes, purposes, and then also profitability. So. A lot of these vehicles now it's harder because the economy is weird. But when the economy is hot, there's a big demand. People will pay over the retail value that you can buy it for. If you can buy it for a sticker, well, that's why I went through so many cars and and I just stick like them on Instagram. The kids like them, but then when the kids get in front of us at our at like a, we do a free event, you know, called Cars and Coin, yeah, and we have these different mentors teach. And uh, the cool thing about that is the cars are in tractor, but then they realize the cars really mean nothing at the end of the day. They're they're just a car, man. Or it's inventory, you know. Um, But I like, my favorite car is the Tesla Plaid. I know. I got a couple of them. Yeah, I love those. Quite a bit. Because you don't have to go to the gas station.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My in-laws have a Tesla. They're over right now. And they're I have to find a a spot for them to get a charge done. So I'm going to get them in my garage, but. No, but the Plaid is something else, man. The Plaid, I think, beats like Lambos and Ferraris, right? That's what I heard from you. I never knew that until I, I saw your page. You talked about it.
1: You know, and all the guys that like to say, well, it doesn't have the sound and the smell. And, and I'm like, people say that about horses, man. <laughs> Why that's should true. I get a car? It doesn't have the sound and smell. You can't see the poop, you know? I'm like, well, you
0: know. <laughs> that's a good point, man.
1: Life evolves, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. That is true. So awesome, man! So your kids are older, right? Yeah. This is you and your wife? Yeah, yeah. Is your wife much very much involved? Seems like she is in in the in the businesses and everything you guys are doing.
1: Big picture: sell this, <laughs> buy that, yeah. put cash reserves here, pay this off. Um, yeah. You know, she's like always been, and this is not necessarily good advice, but she's like just pay off all the properties. We feel good about it you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate it later. So like when we had good years, we did a lot, you know, and I was really happy when things went really tough, you know, um, got a little extra buffer, you know? So a good. A good spouse is probably the most important thing to career success.
0: Let's talk about that. That's, that's my that next question sense. for you. And I, and I, I totally agree. I've been, I've, I've been with the same woman for 20 years now and I owe her everything, like everything. And thank God. She's, she's good over here. But like, I'm sure you meet a lot of entrepreneurs, millionaires, probably in your circle, business billionaires too, and some of them are um, divorced, some of them are just a mess at home. How important uh, do you think, Dan, is the peace in your household, in your marriage? How important is that in 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 in, to, in correlated to business entrepreneurship?
1: Well. Here's the thing is the number one cause of wealth loss is not a bad trade or investment or a business. It's divorce, right? Um, I heard you that. lose more wealth cause it screws up your mind and it cuts your money in half plus legal. So it probably cuts you down 75%, you know? So really if you're going to commit and get married to somebody, you you want to typically make sure they fit the, the traits in the beginning, do some diligence, you know? Um, And it's not necessarily going to be the most exciting woman in the world. That's super extravagant and all that. But that's typically what you don't want. You want someone who's just stable. You know, they can be healthy mentally, spiritually, and not dependent on material items for their pure happiness. Now, they'll like money. That's cool. But that's not their driver, you know. And that's the same thing with friends, too. It's not purely just materialistic. Uh, things and if you surround yourself by that and you're hanging out with your wife a lot because she lives at home with you right so um that that's the most important thing just find someone who's stable and that can support you through thick and thin and it's better if you meet your wife when you're dirt poor uh you know because when you're rich man like it's easy to find a wife i agree with you i I was i
0: was 21 i had no money in my pocket at that time and i met her but you're 100 right like you're right man like Again, I'm from, I've spent, I'm from Brooklyn. I went to Miami and spent a lot of time in Miami, Florida. I'm, I'm sure you've been there. Miami, Florida the a new hub for entrepreneurs. Everyone's going there. Crypto people are going there. And a lot of shiny objects in Miami. A lot. And I was there recently interviewing three other entrepreneurs face-to-face. And it's distracting. And distracting. But you said it. Two things I picked up from you right now. A, don't go for the ch- shiny objects, right? Because... They're just trying. And number two, get a partner in your life, in your corner, your running mate. That's not going to be depending. Their hype they should not depend on the necklace, the car, the jewelry, the trips. Because that's yeah. Su- yeah. super important. You have to be whole here.
1: That's important. You know, I don't even like traveling and extravagant trips. I did that when I was like in my 20s, you know, and 30s. Yeah. And once you see the whole world, you've seen the whole world. I mean, and it's like, and you can send in cars and mansions and all of that. I mean, after a while, it's just maintenance. Uh, and you can be just as happy having a conversation like us talking now, even virtually is much more fulfilling to me than spending a hundred grand on a vacation, private jet and all that garbage. Who cares? It's just all extra waste. Uh, it doesn't do anything for me. Unless yeah. <laughs> it's an experience with your children and, you know, there's, oh, they're seeing things they haven't seen snow, Japan with leaves and, you know, lilies and things, and then you can enjoy beauty. But once you've seen it, you've seen it, you know.
0: You've seen everything probably right now, right? I mean, you've been running. Not the- everything,
1: but but a lot of things. A and A lot of things. You know, but I don't have any urge to, like, you know, extravagantly do anything, really. And, and people go, that's kind of weird, Dan. Are you not motivated? And it's just, like, it doesn't bring me a deeper sense of fulfillment, you know deeper conversations do building things does helping people much more fulfilling and this didn't change until i turned maybe like mid-40s and i realized that you can't take any of this stuff with you anyway so
0: i I learned that about you from social media too like you're you never i know you're pretty well to do obviously you shared your story with us so far but you never ever show yourself on a selfie video on a, on a yacht or you know in private planes and and stuff is that like are you are you religious are you spiritual do you have like a deep connection with the higher power universe mm,
1: not religious but you know i believe in in god and a creator of all things um, but he created the initial i believe he created the or she or whoever it is the energy being created the initial matter of the universe and we're given a certain amount of, you know, control temporarily for maybe 100 years max, you know. And so um, that gift, whatever we do with that gift and opportunity is what makes us. And the only way we can truly live forever um, on this planet, as long as humans are alive, is to educate and teach people experiments. experience. That's the only way. Because then they can tell their children and their friends and their students. Just like Star Wars, like being a Jedi, you know.
0: Yeah, I see. the I'm, I think you're big into education and helping people. You have a podcast, right? You talk a lot about that. I think I reached out to you for coaching. You like go to my podcast for now, and then you know you share a lot of good stuff in your podcast. You still have that going on, Dan?
1: Yeah, the podcast not as much now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had most of the guests that I wanted. I wasn't big on getting like these mastermind gurus too much on there. You know, a lot of guys make money selling education and courses, which is great. Um. But I was more interested in getting like business operators, you know, Um, so not as much motivating people, but actual functional, like how do you run uh, a restaurant business? How do you run a real estate business? How do you, so it's actual practical application though, because a lot of times, a lot of these guys spend a lot of time just like getting people pumped up, you know, which is important to be pumped up, but like the money doesn't really come in or the success doesn't come in until you start executing, right? 100%. 100%.
0: 100%. 100%. How old were you when the money's great, making part of my French shitloads of money? But you know what? It's more than life, just the money. When, you, when did you get that? Mid 40s. Mid 40s. Okay.
1: Yeah. Insane. Because you realize you're immortal. Like your blood pressure gets high. The doctor's like, you got to lose weight. Uh, you know, you have some health stuff coming up and you got to focus on these things, you know? And you realize this man, I'm not unstoppable, like physically, you know? So now, you're, now your time is limited. Then you realize you have a clock, you know? Yeah.
0: I uh, recently hired a mentor to teach me some stuff. It's, it's you know, high high level stuff. And he's other day he sat with me and said, hey, KB, think of yourself as person one and person two is your best version of yourself walking in the room right in front of you. And tell me three emotion that person has. And I'm like, okay, let me think about it. He goes, this is supposed to, it's supposed to be hard. So it took me like a little bit of time to think about it. Okay, I'm like, got it. The best version of me walking in there right now, it's gonna be cool, calm, collective, unfazed. What's the third one? Oh, an abundance mindset. And talking to you, I I feel like you have all three of these, like in business, in the in your, you've been running. When I say running, you're running a business for twenty years in the game, probably more than that now, huh, Dan? 30, Thirty-two years now. Thirty-two years in the game, right? That's a long yeah, time. That's a long, long time. I'm sure you had things come at you, lawsuits, people came, you know, with a with a, with a target on behind your back. Did you ever get phased? Like you, you, ever get freaked out? Mm-hmm. And like, oh my god, you're unfazed. Like you know, are you cool, calm, collective all the time? Like you are now?
1: No. No, I'm unfazed every day. It's just, are you gonna deal with it? You know, there's fears every day. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody is, un doesn't have I'm fear scared. every day. Like what could happen to this? I got this problem. I got to fix this. I got, you know, I, I can't think of a night I go to sleep without thinking about something I need to, you know, work on, you know? Um, yeah. And that, that fear and anxiety is a lot of people portray that. They never have it. it it's just, how do you cope with it? You know? Sure. We're humans, so being humans, we're driven by fear. We'll do more to avoid pain and fear than Mm. to gain pleasure. As humans, right?
0: That's insane.
1: It's true, right? Like
0: fear motivates you. Yeah. Well, you know, me and my wife are opening a business right now, and uh, you know, this is it's huge, it's a big investment for us. And she's so fearful at times, and sometimes she's good, and I'm fearful, but like. You know, yesterday I was interviewing a gentleman, and um, he owns a bunch of rehabs, and he's like, "Dude, like, like you said, fear is something you should use as piece, you know, as energy, and but try to do more faith based versus fear. Yeah, operate I mean, a fear system, fear, faith system.
1: Yeah, it's it's just uh, with fear, the best way to overcome it is to accept." In your mind what the worst case scenarios can be and say okay well if that happens i'll still get it we'll be all right madam um that gives you some solace you know but the biggest thing to shift your fear mentality is to take drastic action schedule it but also keep really on your physical well-being too because um, yesterday for example i was having a big stressed out thing going on in my head and I'm like, I'm just going to go run, man, for like 30 minutes, man. So I just ran around the park for 30 minutes. And after, I felt 90% better. And I thought a lot of the solutions while well, I was just looking at the birds and the ducks, man. Um, And that's why a lot of times I like to spend time alone. You know, I, I tell people, you should eat at least one meal a day alone. um, So you can contemplate what what's going on and who you are, you know.
0: I agree with you 200%. I'm the same way. Like lunch. I like to have lunch by myself typically. If lunch it's a business lunch, right, it's different. But typically, I, I'm like you, like you have to have one. You, I mean, I, I honestly, I think I like to be alone a lot of times, even though I'm a, I'm an ext- extrovert and a lot of friends and family and stuff. But like sometimes, I think alone time is very important. It is, yeah. Then I talk about your your routine, man. Like I said once again, God bless you. You look amazing. Like what's like, how do you stay in good shape and what what's your routine?
1: So the big thing is, is I, I, you know, is, is diet and exercise for physical. I just limit the amount of sugar consumption and carbohydrates, you know, I mean, you can have some, you can eat a donut once in a while. That's fine. You know, But for the most part, like 80% of your diet, 90% should be, I eat clean grass, finished meats and pasture raised organic eggs and stuff like that. You know, sometimes a binge, that's fine. Uh, try to get eight hours of sleep as a target. Doesn't always happen. Um, sometimes I'll stay up with my dogs and binge watch Netflix, maybe once or twice a month, bad for you, wrecks your sleep cycle. But I don't know, dogs want to watch TV. You want to watch TV. Fine. Right. It's just like, forgive yourself and move forward. You know, <laughs> uh, that's a big one. So I, if I can get up early, like 435 AM and go to sleep, you know, very early as I can, try to get eight hours target, seven hour minimum. Then my sadness and my fear is a lot lower. Happiness is a lot higher, you know? One thing too that I do is, and again, I'm not pushing religion on anybody, but in the morning I just say one sentence prayers and I, I thank God for the opportunity to, to hit it again, you know? And at night, thank you for the opportunity to that I had today and please give me wisdom in my sleep. So I wake up with all the answers to, to some of the things I need to solve. And 90% of the time I wake up with the answers, you know? So, uh, that's, that's the physical, you know, thing, workout, heavy weights, three days a week, not crazy, like deadlifts or anything. And with like, over- you're, you're
0: lifting weights though, which is important. People don't understand yeah. how lift lifting weights is more important. than. Co- you could go running great, but lifting weights at, after 35, this is super crucial.
1: Yeah, well, always important. Even when you're young, you want to look good, right? So, but then also moving thirty minutes a day, walking, jogging, swimming, whatever you going to do, you know, just
0: move. just move,
1: just move, yeah. So that's uh that's the basic physical routine. You know, what I like to do though, I have hundreds of employees, so you have certain leaders, right? And so you want to meet with your top leaders, your directs, at least once a week, and have communication on what the problems they have, how you can help solve those things. And then you want to ask them to do that with the people that report to them and then the people report to them. And that way everyone is communicating because most problems happen because of lack of communication and, you know, people are afraid to ask what to do, you know. Uh, that's the human flaw, you know. We just try to hold it in. So that that's hypercritical for business uh, to do that, you know. But by no means do I think I have it totally dialed in. I get my own constant challenges, um, but everybody does. I mean, everybody has a hard time, you know? It's like those people on social media that portray just, you know, the highlights of their life. 100%. Trust me, they have probably five times more problems than they do highlights, right?
0: Yeah. That's why I love our I mean, he's not he's not my friend. I mean, but yeah, he's like a mentor, Sean Whelan. Um he he shows a lot of his dark side too, right? Dark um behind the scenes. Are you guys good friends, you and Sean Whelan?
1: I've known Sean in a long time. Um, I remember though I was at the I met him at the gym, right? And he was talking about he goes, Hey, I have these shirts, and he handed me one of these shirts. And I'm like, That's a cool shirt, dude. I don't understand what the heck it means, man. What are you talking about? And I and for like a year I just left it in my closet, and it was like, you know, then he's like, dude, how do you think I could get better? I'm like, you gotta go to scale, dude. Like, I mean, you know. And so he, he we talk, I talked to him like about a few weeks ago and he's got, everybody knows he's got his own set of struggles, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and, but a lot of guys are feeling a lot of struggle right now because economic times, you know, and it affects everyone's revenue line, you know? Uh, so anybody who's denying that, unless you're in some special isolated field that, you know, but economy is economy, you know? And so, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that's just trying to do it and be somebody, you know? And, um, his resilience, I think is respectable, you know, the big thing though, that I always advise him and other guys, he's younger than me is, you know, just check your ego, check it because you can be confident and powerful, but you don't have to always be dominating. A lot of power is just in letting people do what they need to do. That's fine. And, uh, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody, you know, I mean, if it's truly helping people, great. But a lot of times, all of us, including myself, sometimes, you know, we get a little into ourselves, you know. Um, and as you get older, hopefully that evolves because you realize it's kind of a waste of energy anyway to to be too dominating, too alpha, whatever they call it, you know. Um, because like my wife says, you have to respect the feminine and masculine that's wired into all humans, though. So you need sensitivity. 100%. You need compassion. But sometimes you need massive aggression, you know. Um, that's a balance that everyone's got to figure out for themselves.
0: Good point. That's a really good piece of advice you gave. And I mean, um, yeah, he's come a long way. I'm, I'm, i I'm, 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 he's, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by his story and any what he shares on social media. And you know, I even signed up for his coaching program. I haven't gone to the is is lions den thing, but I'm gonna go next year. And yeah. With that being said, Dan, I'm gonna wrap it up. I know you're busy. So, you do a prayer in the morning. Any of that routine you have, you look at your goals in the morning or night. People have, they do the affirmation. Any, anything else you wanna share with the audience with a young entrepreneur or mid level who wants to follow you? All family? your goals
1: need to be written down physical, financial, spiritual. And it's not just be rich, be healthy, be close to God. You gotta be very specific and break that down to actually have it written. Cause if it's not written, it's not real, right? Then every day you need to schedule on your phone and your calendar the actions you're going to take to move towards that. Now, you don't have to have 100 actions, but I'd say at least one in each area. That's a big one. And then um, that'll help create discipline and habit. And if you have discipline and you're consistent with it, give it a decade or two and you'll just be amazed in how you look and how you feel mentally and how much finances you have. It's boring. You get rich. You get strong slowly and consistently. Overnight success is rare.
0: Yeah. I think that's what people think it's the way to do. It, but you're right. It's 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 rare. Now nah, you don't see as much. And if you do see, it doesn't last too long from my experience. Um Dan, where yeah. can we find you?
1: Dan's millionaire code on Instagram. Um I asked people because I don't sell courses or any of that. I'm like, if you want, you could subscribe to my Instagram page. It's like twenty dollars or something, it's nothing. But um, the problem though, is when we post public event, we did one and we had like 1,800 people show up wow. I was like, wow, but, and we had like the capacity for 600. So I just say, subscribe there and I'll send out where our, some of our free events are. Um, and when we're at our events and we're not selling you anything, we really don't need your money. Um, this is more to make us feel good about ourselves to like try to help people, um, the residual effect though, is we do, people do invest a lot of money, you know, uh, because they've gotten some help. And so we don't even need to go over the hard ask, I think, cause when people's lives get better, they're like, Hey man, I'll, these guys, I trust them. And it takes a long time to build that trust, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's well, the best place.
0: So if I wanted to hire you to coach me, you don't really do that one-on-one coaching, right?
1: Probably, probably I did it just, you. I did it for absurdity. Um, so people would be like, Dan, I want to hire you as coaching. And I'll be like, I don't have time for this. Uh, five grand an hour. And like, I had all these people so booked up. I had no time. I'm like, 10 grand an hour, no time, 20. And then I raised it 50,000 an hour. And I had like three guys sign up for that. And I'm like, man, this is like still eating too much time, you know, uh, I just tried to make it so ridiculous. I wouldn't pay it. I wouldn't pay me 50 grand an hour. Right? Yeah, you're that's nuts, dude. <laughs> but what's crazy is some of these guys that paid that, they're like, dude, I executed. And it's like two years later. And they're like, I've made like 100 times more back. I'm like, why? I go, did I teach you that much in an hour? And they're like, yeah, dude. And I'm like, what was it? They're like, you just told me to execute and stop feeling sorry for myself. And I'm like, okay. You did it, dude. <laughs> you didn't even call me since then. You know?
0: So my viewers and my listeners, you guys owe me 50K right now. So Dan gave away his secret that he helped other people who tripled 10x their money. It's just take action. Dan, is that what it is?
1: Take action, but don't take dumb action. Don't guess. You know how they say, oh, you have to fail to be successful. I mean, sometimes you're going to make a mistake, but... Just talk to people who've been there before, talk to old men and women and be like, Hey, you ran this. What would you do? And they're like, do this, this. Okay. Get to get your butt kicked less, you know? Yeah, yeah. Instead of I I gotta just figure it out for myself. Like my son told me that, like, you know, when he was like in high school doing dumb things. And he's like, I just gotta find myself, Dad. And I'm like, you are where you are. You could save time and ask old guys what to do, and you would save time and make more money and be stronger. Yeah, I got to figure it myself. And so he talked to me, you know, a little while ago. And he's like, yesterday, and he's like, uh, "Should have just listened to you on some of the stuff in the first place." But Dad, can you help me with this business idea? I'm like, okay, that's the natural course of life.
0: That that is is he doing well? Your son? How old is your son?
1: 27 now. Yeah, he's doing well. He he buys hundreds of millions of dollars of um, components out of Asia, imports them, and all that.
0: Awesome. Interesting. That's a good hustle. Awesome. Well, Dan, you're the man, dude. Sorry, not to sound corny. I appreciate you. Just want to say it personally for me, you've uh indirectly directly have impacted my life in many ways. I love your content. You know, right. thank you for taking the time to do this for me. I know you're you don't have to do this, you know. I'm a, I'm a small podcast that's growing my channel right now. I'm Sean, was the same way. You took some time out for me and I appreciate it very much. My audience Will text me after interview. Say, "Hey, that helped me. Thank you, KB." So then we thank you here, Stroke of Success. And well, I plan to come to Utah to, to interview Sean. I'll, I'll call you, man. We'll be in town. Maybe we can do a face to face if you're available down the road next year or so.
1: Um, you know but, what your secret was, by the way. I said yeah. no to you a couple of times. Okay. On the, you asked me on Instagram. You messaged yeah. me, "Hey, yeah. we come podcast, time. I'm too busy, bro. Yeah. You come find yeah. But you kept bugging and bugging and bugging, and not in a mean way. We just kept bucking, and I'm like, "This guy's like pretty freaking hungry, man." Most people will ask, like, with sales. By the way, I know we're going to tangent, but no, please. customer will be like, "Oh, I gotta think about it, or it's too much money, or I gotta talk to my wife," and they just stop. But I tell my sales guy, you, "You know, would your wife be concerned about you know what we're selling here, or or the money, or what do you think that she would be most concerned about?" And they're like, "Well, probably because it's too much money." You know, And I'm like, so you like what we're doing? And if we could save you some money, your wife might give you permission? Yeah. I'm like, well, what do you think she would need to be? Well, what do you think she would need to, would need to be at for her to be cool with it? Here. I'm like, so if we can do that, you're good? Okay, let's get it done. Done. I mean, like, your persistence is amazing. So I think you should do a podcast about your persistence and how you got some of these people to come on your podcast that said no.
0: You John, get a lot of no's,
1: right? A lot.
0: Sean took me six months. Sean was huge Big guy, for a long time.
1: You could teach a whole course on, like, how to get over no. Wow. That's You're a good great
0: that. idea. Well, thank you, Dan. That means a lot coming from you, from my friend. And that's, mm-hmm. now you help me coach me for free. <laughs> oh, Dan, I'm going to do that. I'm going to think about that coach, that course, and 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 I'll, I'll show you how it goes.
1: Yeah, your book, How to Get Over No, you know, something Dude, like I'm that. I'm
0: going to write this down right now. Dude, I'm getting free advice. How, how to get over No.
1: Yeah. Now the key is you got to do it. You can't be an Like you got to write that book. You got to write that course. You got to make those videos and you have to make it available to people and it's going to take you energy to do it. So don't be afraid to charge money for it as long as it really helps people. And then farm testimonials of how it's changed people's lives and like post that up. People can direct message them. Did that really work for you? Oh dude, I'm closing twice as much selling cars or solar or whatever I'm selling, you know? So
0: how to what was it how to you give me?
1: <laughs> You'll have to watch the video again. My ADD, no, it's got like it. uh, how to, how, you know how to, how to get over no or something okay, like that.
0: Okay, got it. I I have it. I have ADD too. Same thing. So, oh man, Dan, this was worth every every single penny. Thank you so much, Dan, for jumping on <laughs> here. We'll do a part two down the road, man. God bless you, and you know, thank you for my, for for must new entrepreneurs joining you know the world. You're you're an OG for us. So thank you, my friend. Thanks, dude. We'll be in touch.